and Nick Davis on the beat. Let's go. My name's Nick and this is my show, but that is a fact that you should know. And if you don't, why'd you click on that logo? It's got my face right there. Did you even read it? I mean, did you even try? Did you even try to read it the best that you can? Here's the thing. This beat is fucking hard. And I made it. Is that cool? This is a podcast. God damn it. I mean, I should have finished college. I think. I Should I go back to school? Anyways, this is the show. Thank you for tuning in and um, let's have some fun. Hey. I've been debating what I wanted to put out on this podcast for a while because in the lights of recent events and the protests going on both in my city and my state and throughout the country and the world, it seems kind of futile to try to seems like it's a waste of time or not the most the best use of my resource to try to be funny. I mean, and granted I don't feel super funny right now. I don't feel super lighthearted. I don't feel the need to joke. I don't want to joke. I mean, there's a big part of me that is trying to, you know, be positive about the things that are going on and I am supporting of the protests as someone that's spent 8 hours of his Sunday marching around his city and you know, trying to do what I could do, which as a white dude, I thought the best use of my time was to uh, record the police. You know, I walked up and down streets videotaping police officers to make sure shit didn't hit the fan, and if it did, I'd, you know, need someone to have it on camera. It's a weird time right now. My birthday's tomorrow. I turn 26, and we're getting out of months of quarantine and going into a summer of unrest, probably. This is the way things are looking, and the writing was kind of on the wall. It was destined to happen. There's that whole rule of threes, you know, and you got uh, the unjust killing, I believe it was Ahmaud Arbery, down in Georgia. Yeah, let me confirm here. Ahmaud Arbery. And then you get the gentleman who gets the cops called on him, and, uh, Central Park for bird watching, and you get George Floyd. You get George Floyd. And anyone that doesn't think that he was murdered is a fucking idiot. You can like cops, you can support the police, and be like, oh yeah, that fucker murdered him. There's a lot of pent up energy inside houses all around this country, man. Get people out of work. I mean, it's proof that the lockdown did something. It riled everyone up. Gave them some energy. Hell, I'm unemployed. If I was working, you know, maybe I'd, uh... Maybe I wouldn't have time to be out of the protest. If people were paid a living wage and weren't attacked discriminately by the people that were supposed to protect them, maybe they wouldn't be on the streets. It seems to make sense. I saw, uh, if you... I mean, there's obviously so much commentary on things right now, and... It's kind of hard to see unique stuff, but if you're struggling grasping the idea of or the statement that like all cops are bastards, I mean it it's it's hard to paint with such a broad brush, but the logic behind it is quite simple in that police officers are members of the working class middle class under. A communist ideology, the 
Proletariat. I don't know. Maybe it's French. I'm saying that wrong, but they're members of the working class. And laws are made by the ruling class, the bourgeoisie, under the same terms. So the bourgeoisie, the ruling class, create laws. Then they pay members of the lower class, the working class, to enforce their laws. Therefore, they're class traitors. Therefore, all cops are bastards. Another reason for this argument is a point I heard recently. If you have ten bad cops and a thousand cops know about them and don't do anything to fix it, then you have one thousand and ten bad cops. We give, as a society, we give police officers the power to protect us. We wield them, we give them the right to wield weapons. We give them the right to police our neighborhoods. We allow this legal gang, essentially, to go around and enforce laws that they didn't write, that we didn't write, the ruling class wrote. The idea that representative democracy is going to fix this is uh, kind of a joke. We have a situation where we're disenfranchising voters left and right still through all these different creative means. So yeah, they're not technically on the books racist like Jim Crow laws, but they are doing the same thing effectively. And I'm not saying don't vote. Voting is, unfortunately, one of the few respected means... I'm getting shit done in this country, even though it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't. I mean, if anything, it just changes the tone of leadership. And that's important, obviously. I mean, these protests are proving that. So I guess voting does do some things. It sets a tone. It lets the world know where we stand. And it lets the world know what's up. And where America's at. And we're not in a good spot right now. There are protests internationally about this as well. I mean, there's, based off of major protests, the most recent information I could get, there's about 100-plus demonstrations going on throughout the world. And it is amazing to see. And it makes George Floyd's death not a complete waste. But rest in peace to him. And obviously no one wishes that happened. But for him and everyone else who's been unjustly murdered or even just harassed by the police, the protests that are going on and the demonstrations that are going on, which are mainly peaceful, the thing about the media is they paint with fear. So even though you have situations of hundreds of people being totally peaceful, demonstrating for the right reasons, you get, you know, five people that have nefarious intentions they really want to see things burn. And they take away the peaceful protest aspect of it. And the protesters aren't supporting it. I was I spent eight hours yesterday in a protest policing the police with a video camera, like I said. And the the interesting thing too is and this as a white dude. The person that I saw earliest committing questionable acts that might provoke the police is a young white girl. Young white girl, she's probably 20, I don't know. You know, but like, she, we were, uh, the march kind of went towards the police department, and 
The cops were not so pumped about that, to say the least, and the cops asked us to clear the area so that they could get into their driveway, basically, so they could get vehicles in and out of the police department. So as that was happening, some of the leaders that kind of found themselves leading the group instructed everyone to part so that the cops could do their job, and we did. While that was parting, this girl climbed on the hood of a cop car, and instead of it amplifying the scene, immediately the protesters turned on her, yelled at her to get her off the car. They policed themselves. I watched it happen. After that, a walk around the building, they sent three sheriff's officers, two white dudes, and uh, one Mexican guy, well, I should say Hispanic, I'm not sure of his exact ethnicity, to walk around the building. The protests gathered at the uh, front door of the public safety building in downtown Kenosha. And um, we talked. We the leaders that decided to speak. We, there was a makeshift situation where someone had brought a speaker with a microphone and individuals in the community, a middle-aged black woman, a few black gentlemen, spoke on the issue, and who better than them? They spoke nonviolence. They spoke bringing people together and holding their own communities accountable uh, and changing from within and being anti-violence and the different ways in which we can uh, be better. The aldermen came out, and it was a really beautiful scene. There was a, a moment, too, where one individual was advocating for violence to the police. And a lot of people, more people than not, openly told him he was wrong and were against his opinion. A little skirmish kind of broke out between the individual advocating for violence and everyone else, and it very quickly squashed itself. The protest policed itself. And it's just an example of the problem is the relationship between police officers and the community, mainly the non-white community, especially in urban areas. But it's, I mean, I've had problems with cops as a white kid. Granted, it's broken well most of the time. I get... I've gotten the initial, uh, the initial fear of a cop fucking with you, and then it immediately dissipates. And um, that was enough for me to kind of put everything on my radar uh, at a very young age. And seeing how the police have treated specifically black individuals in America, black Americans, African Americans, non-white people. You hear the stories over and over and again. I don't know how you couldn't be aware of it. We have record unemployment heading into potentially a depression into a contested presidential election and continued police violence. I mean, how is any of this a surprise? Yesterday, like I said, I spent some time in the protests and I'm going to kind of run through the day based off the best of my knowledge. So, at about noon I got downtown Kenosha where I live to find a uh, small protest gathering um, on one of our main intersections or one of our main thoroughfares Sheridan Road 
which is right off the lake, Lake Michigan, in downtown. And things were chill. People were on the street holding up signs, and as car supported, they cheered and honked and did what they did. And it was really beautiful to see. I, uh, I brought a bunch of masks, a few extra surgical masks, just for some PPE, handed them out to individuals without masks, had some extra water. Uh, there was a lot of really cool stuff going on. Protest then moves over to the uh, public safety building, which is the police department. Uh, a little bit of a protest. It's when the uh, the cops came out. We went around the building, did the walk with them, like I mentioned before. And then um, a little bit of a demonstration um, with the people speaking, individuals speaking outside the police department. And then moved back to the park on Sheridan. And, you know, just more... Um, the alderman spoke at that point. He talked about how his uh, parents were in the Black Panthers. He is the only um, black individual, black alderman uh, in the city. That was from him. It's what he said upon being asked by a protester. Uh, from there, we continued at the park, holding up signs, uh, eliciting responses to individuals who support that were driving by. And then the, the march continued. Uh, at that point, south on Sheridan Road and headed towards the uptown area of Kenosha, which is a predominantly black neighborhood up on 22nd Avenue. Uh, kind of the uptown brass area. There used to be a pick and save up in that neck of the woods. They got shut down, a few restaurants, but otherwise not much going on over there in terms of business, which is an unfortunate reality in a lot of black communities. There are food deserts all over this country that correlate very well with race, and that's a whole other topic. So... Uh, when the protest started to move, uh, my vehicle was parked downtown, so I broke off from the pack. Uh, at that point, uh, I also had to use the restroom, so I found a place to legally do that. I didn't want to go to a protest and leave as a sex offender, so I didn't want, my, didn't want to whip my dick out in public. Um, so I drove up to Uptown and uh, rejoined, and... It, the tenor definitely changed a tad in that neighborhood. It was a little more aggressive feeling, but there was no real violence towards anything. It was just, you could tell that, that was an area of the city that had a lot of pent-up rage and aggression, rightfully so. It's an area that is heavily patrolled by the police and um, is notorious for issues along that line. Um, and it's a chicken-or-the-egg situation, you know? It's like, without the history of redlining in uh, Midwestern cities and different uh, legal, that are then legal practices to discriminate against black prosperity in America. Without those situations, without those, without things created by the system to keep a portion of the country down, we wouldn't be in a situation where we're in now, where individuals of the same race are all in the same neighborhood, given no jobs or opportunity, or no resources to help themselves up. Yeah, they've earned the right to be angry, and I'm not blaming them for that. But we get over to Uptown, and things start walking, and they, uh, they're, you know, we walk south at that point, then in Detoa, down another major thoroughfare, 60th Street, and kind of weave in and out of neighborhoods. Again, these are predominantly minority neighborhoods, predominantly lower-income neighborhoods, and that kind of situation. And uh, it was really beautiful to see, though. It was peaceful, and there were cars at this point joining in on the process where 
cars were in the right lane that were supporting the cause and then kind of slowing down traffic and anyone that agreed got into the right lane and it was an astounding amount of cars people were joining getting uh, out of their houses and joining in the march and in the walk and it was amazing um so then at about 3:30 or so maybe almost four o'clock i'd you know been walking a lot and pretty tired and i so i took a little bit of a break out of my car and joined the uh the protest in the vehicles and it didn't stop being amazing i mean there was obviously a little bit there was some ruckus there was a little bit of civil disobedience but it was civil in every every avenue that i saw for the most part and so it was civil you know we uh ended up cruising through downtown uh, a lot of horn honking but it was a lot mainly support from the streets people were into it so i went home after about 4:30 and the 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 wildest thing i will say that i saw um really was that upon leaving downtown there was a uh a vehicle that uh had about seven or eight guys on top of it and they were leaving the downtown area headed uh west on 52nd street which is another again major street uh 35 mile per hour speed limit and um they were right in front of me when we left downtown and i decided the best bet was to throw my hazards on and keep maybe a half block block distance in the event that someone falls off this car um i wasn't gonna let them just fall off and die which, at the very least, you can admit is good. Even if they're protesting, you don't want to like you don't want them to die. You can think they're an asshole, but unless you're an immoral racist fuck, you don't want them dead. So they were going pretty pretty quick through the neighborhoods, and eventually it became clear to me that someone that they knew was following them. So I didn't have to keep the tabs and make sure that no one got hurt. And as far as I know, no one did in that situation, but I would have no way of knowing either. I uh, So after that, I went home, which is a weird thing. Going home from a protest is odd. You're like, yeah, civil disobedience. And then you're like, you get home, you're like, I guess I'll watch Netflix now. It's kind of takes the fun out of stuff when you know there's uh, people rioting in your city. But what are you going to do? So went home ate some food took a shower stopped by my mom's house to make sure everything was okay over there because there were reports of some shit getting wild in her neck of the woods um everyone was fine nothing was too crazy so i kind of headed back out there i turned on the police scanner and uh figured out where the chaos was the quote-unquote chaos uh so immediately i uh kind of joined in again just in the vehicle not not foot but i was in my car following around the protests and listening to what the cops were doing um and then once i got downtown i got back on foot um because the protesters had kind of in a way occupied the municipal building downtown the entire parking lot was filled with protesters and i have a lot of this on video that i plan on releasing eventually but i don't want um i don't want it to lead to anything negative necessarily so i'm gonna do my best to make sure protesters faces aren't in it and it was mainly used to record the police and any 
protester shots are trying to be from the back of individuals and that kind of stuff. But they took over the municipal building downtown. It was not violent. It was just mainly a, uh, an outside occupation. Some music was playing. Some chants were done. No justice, no peace. I can't breathe. The usuals, you know. And while I agree with the no justice, no peace, it is a conflicting message with the peaceful protest. No justice, no peace, but it's a peaceful protest. I think it's really more nuanced than that, and I understand that using literal terms in the situation might not be the best, because marching in the streets is peaceful, but it's not the normal peace. And there is the classic, what, Latin, where it's, uh, if you want peace, prepare for war. So maybe we're there. But like I said, municipal building, getting a little rowdy. And that's when I first heard reports of the, uh, again, I was had an earbud with the police scanner. And that's about, this is about 6 o'clock maybe. 6.30 is when we get downtown. So this is when I start hearing reports of the National Guard and the tactical response team. Uh, tactical response team is TRT. Uh, basically known as uh, the riot police. So you'd think of it as the riot squad. And so that's when shit started to kind of get real, or more real. And it became apparent that police presence was going to increase and the risk of conflict was going to as well, which was the case the whole day. Um, anytime the police got involved, it raises the level of protest basically raises the anger that's exactly what happened exactly what happened the more the cops the more tension uh and so forth so basically they cornered in shut down some roads and made it so that all the protesters only had one way to leave from the municipal building they left and things continued uh down 52nd street which is an east-west thoroughfare headed west out of downtown um, with a large amount of traffic on foot with vehicles accompanying and the police were trying to stop vehicles from going through uh, but letting the people travel by foot because you can't really stop them without violence as it would turn out so they like they didn't you know they aren't gonna in broad daylight do some violent shit so they can't let them keep going eventually uh, if the protest found itself uh, through a residential neighborhood and um, by what used to be McKinley Middle School in Kenosha, Wisconsin and 33rd Avenue is where things headed and at that point an individual in his home threatened the protesters with a shotgun uh, shots were allegedly fired but as it turns out it was fireworks at least as it um, as someone who was at the scene it was just fireworks that's my eyewitness testimony. So someone pulls a shotgun. At this point, we're getting on about 8 o'clock, and the county has an 8.30 curfew order. The protesters would not leave 33rd Avenue with this gentleman's house until he was arrested. Um, eventually, though, more reports of a tactical response team rolling in were uh, over the radio, and individuals were aware of this. Uh, so protesters did leave. There was a small group that stayed to ensure that the gentleman who brandished the shotgun was arrested. 
he was arrested as far as reports go. So this is talking about 8.30, 8.35, a little after. Uh, at this point, uh, it's me and a group of individuals who I knew uh, one of them before uh, these events, and two of them were with him. Uh, they did not have a vehicle nearby. Their vehicle was maybe about two miles away, and I had one close to me parked about two or three blocks away so that in the event that things went south that I had a quick way to get out of there. So from there, we kind of followed around the protests and vehicles. There was a few different parks where kind of a caravan rode through. Um, and once the sun went down, that's definitely when the chaos did pick up a little bit. But, you know, there was... If the most dangerous things I saw... Um, we're probably just reckless driving, which I'm not condoning. Um, but for the most part, the streets were pretty empty, except for people protesting. It was a people protesting, cops, and then some of the unlucky people that had to go to work. But, I mean, maybe they're lucky. Maybe the people that have the jobs are lucky. Because <laughs> no one else does right now. Yeah, so there's some reckless driving. Uh, it is. Some people also took off their license plates and drove around, which was weirdly one of the most ominous things. It was one of the most the weirdest feeling things was seeing cars without license plates. It's like, oh, you're blatantly covering up your tracks. Like you're the one I gotta look for. I mean, there were some guns brandished. I saw, you know, this guy walking around with an uh, AR-15. A black individual, black man with the sun, talking about it. You know, we're an open carry state, which I'm not sure that's true exactly. I'm not an expert on gun carry laws, but I'm not going to stop him. If you're carrying an AR-15, you can pretty much do whatever you want to me. Um, uh, so where was I? So about when the sun went down, around 8:30, 9 o'clock, is a lot of reckless driving, but no one got hurt that I could see. No one fell off vehicles that I could see. Allegedly, one individual did fall off. There were some arrests. There were alleged shots fired. Uh, a lot of them resulted in, and were confirmed later by the police scanner to be mainly fireworks. Um, eventually, the protest kind of came to a head at the corner of 52nd Street and 19th Avenue. There was a conflict amongst a non-protester and a protester that led to police intervention, uh, which led to a large swath of police officers coming in, a tactical response team. Individuals uh, were stopping traffic on 52nd Street, uh, honestly, myself included. And it got wild, man. That's when that was the the closest I feel that the protest ever really got to getting truly violent. There were the where the protest had a chance to become a riot. And I know that there was um some other acts of violence and things like that that I was not privy to that happened that I was not around, things I did not witness. I am simply sharing my story. And so I was recording that was the main purpose, is just to be a witness and to be a, you know, a white face. That was, oh, so like I said, 52nd, 52nd and 19th was where the chaos kind of ensued. And it ensued because there was a riot police. 
you've got high tensions, shit's hitting the shit's getting wild, you know. And the cop response is militant. I mean, it didn't get too wild. There was and then until about maybe ten, ten fifteen, it kinda started to pop off a tad. Uh people started throwing rocks a little bit and immediately you could sense that it was time to go. And a lot of people left. The minute anybody started to instigate the police, that shit left. Because most people don't want the conflict. They just want their voices heard and no one was listening. Um, this morning I woke up to um, Facebook bullshit about how Walmart had been looted and the local outlet mall had been looted. And uh, both of those things are false. Objectively false. Uh, there were attempts originally to loot the local Walmart, um, but potential looters left upon seeing a police vehicle. That was reported by the Racine Journal Times. I drove out to the Walmart this morning. There are barricades up. It does not look like the story is open yet, but there is no visible damage. There's no damage in the parking lot. Nothing to suggest that nefarious stuff went down. I uh, also drove to the outlet store. I have it on video. No damage at all in that parking lot. Allegedly, it was because police were blocking the area um, so the looters wouldn't get in. And I do applaud those measures. I don't condone the looting. There's worse shit you can do than looting, but I don't think it actually helps the cause. And it's really easy to paint a few bad apples in protesters and use that logic to condemn the whole thing. But if you use that logic to condemn the protest, then you have to use the same logic to condemn all cops. If a few bad protesters ruin the protest, then a few bad cops ruin all cops. That's just not being a hypocrite. It's pretty simple. And I'm tired of the virtue signaling. I'm so tired of it. You see people's true colors right now. You really do. I'm friends with a community organizer on Facebook who's uh mad that her community's organizing. Oh, what? Because it's the black community organizing you had a problem with it now? You, a white woman, feel unsafe in your home, and now you're mad that your community wants to be strong? How strong do you want your communities to be? Is it only the white ones you want to be strong? Hmm? I'm tired of the bullshit, man. Really tired of it. And I'm also tired of people that, like, white people that claim to be allies in this shit and claim to care about humans and care to care about police brutality. I have a lot of friends that ain't doing anything real. Share a few memes on Facebook and act like you're saving the motherfucking day. Talk about, oh yeah, I want to overthrow the government. Oh, I hate the government. Burn it down. I'm an anarchist. Fuck you. I'm not any of those things. I just want progress. I'm advocating for people in this country to be treated fairly and equally for the first time for fucking ever. And that's a fight worth having. That's a fight worth going for. And I am going to do it. I'm going to work in any way that I as a white person can do. It's not necessarily my fight. But I'm fucking helping. And if I'm wrong about shit. If the black community says, hey Nick, you're wrong. I don't know why the whole black community would care about me. But I can be wrong. We all can be wrong. We have to admit that. I just try to help in whatever way I can. And um, 
donate to causes, sure, the bail fund, sure. But get on the street and see what the hell is going on. You may not have to agree with all of it, sure. It's a big group of people and you're going to disagree with some of them, absolutely. But if you care about freedom in this country, you care about black people, you want to end racism, you care about the death of George Floyd, then get your ass off your couch, get on the streets, and stand with your brothers and your sisters and your thems and your theys. Because who gives a fuck what they are? They're people. They deserve respect, fairness, and opportunity to not be killed by the goddamn police. I love you. Fuck off. Fuck 12.